Hey, Sammy. Yo, how's it going? <laughs> Good, how are you? All right. This is very exciting, isn't it? To have like your feature film debut and like uh, you got a nice yeah. hunk there with Robbie ML. Like this is fun. <laughs> it is super fun and super exciting. Yo, welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sammy. I float like a butterfly, sink like a stone, splashed into the water by a toddler with sticky hands. Yunan. Sharon Lee has directed a spicy movie, Float. Robbie Amell is all hot and hunky, giving Andrea Bang swimming lessons. Yo. That's not a euphemism. Or is it? You know Robbie from Arrow... And you know Andrea from Kim's Convenience. Here's a scene from Float where Waverly, played by Andrea, is now all dry after having fallen into the water. She finds out more about this hot stranger living next door. I mean, she's not where she's supposed to be, so everyone around her is a stranger. Turns out the hottie can teach her how to swim and help her confront her fear of water. He, the hottie, is Blake, who is Robbie Amell. Listen carefully. Can you hear the static electricity of their connection? Morning. Hi. Um. You're up early? Yeah, I gotta get to work. I'm a lifeguard. I, um, guard the lives at the beach. <laughs> so, I was dealing with the pro yesterday, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How you feeling, by the way? I'm fine. Good. So you can't swim, huh? Uh, yeah. I kind of missed that boat as a kid. I could teach you. I mean, if you want. That's so nice. Well, I'm a tough teacher, so you'd have to take it pretty seriously. Unfortunately, I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh. I thought you just got here. Uh, I did. It's complicated. Hey, um, thanks for saving my life. <laughs> You're welcome. Flo is Sharon's feature film debut. How dope is that? She also co-wrote this adaptation of the novel by Kate Merchant. She shares the changes to the novel she made as co-writer and director, even pulling in experiences from her own life. You know, I can't tell if the moment she describes with her father is sweet or heartbreaking. <laughs> like, maybe it's both. So float. The bathing suits are cute, the drama is delightful, and the romance is romantic. What's not to love? I'm sure this My Summer Layer conversation with writer and director Sharon Lee will... Wait for it. I'm sure this episode will float your boat. Boom! There it is. Magic. Sound. The final frontier. My summer lair is an enterprise 
a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. Do you have any questions for me or should we just get into the fun? Let's get into it. Oh, look at this. All right. So <laughs> there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, but I, I want to just start at this place because you were just in Mexico. Is that correct? Like, how was that? That's right. Yeah. How was that experience? It was great. I was, um, you know, I, I'm a traveler at heart. Mm-hmm. I you know, went traveling for a year and when my early 20s and that's when I fell in love, you know, <laughs> and uh, a lot of why I came on to float. Um, but yeah, I love going to Mexico. You know, it's always nice kind of stepping away from your life and getting getting some perspective. Yeah. And that's why I bring up your trip, because there's a certain freedom, like when you're in a strange place. Right. And you don't know a lot of people or you're trying to figure out how things are going and flowing. And for Waverly, uh, main character and float because she's also in a strange place her mom thinks she's in toronto but she's not so where does waverly end up well she is in um holden bc which is a fictional town mm-hmm. but um in in the book it's an adaptation of uh kate merchant's uh wattpad book um yeah she ends up in a in a beach town where her aunt lives um sort of on a whim yeah and so for you you're also the co-writer and mm-hmm. waverly has like a chinese background she has very like focused parents your classic chinese parents like which of your cultural experiences showed up in the adaptation as you were kind of writing it as you want to create this character of waverly yeah uh so kate's book is about a 17 year old girl from alaska that goes to florida to spend the summer with her aunt and you know big reason why i came on to the project was because after i read the book there was so much about it that i could relate to and you know in the book she is sort of rejected from her parents because they're just going through a divorce and they don't know who to take her for the summer and that kind of rejection is something that I could relate to. And this relationship with my parents has always been complicated. And this feeling of belonging um, in my community and my society and my own family, you know, is something that I've always also struggled with. And so it was really cool that Kate and Lionsgate and Wattpad allowed me to bring so much of myself into the script, into the the story, the film. Um, so yeah, the reason why Waverly and is is from Taiwan is because I'm from Taiwan, and um, yeah, so that was really special. There doesn't seem to be any bad guys in the movie in the traditional sense where like I know her parents can be a little bit more hyper focused I guess or tiger mom or whatever expression you want to use but it's it's coming from a place of love so are they necessarily like bad people if that makes sense oh and you know I always say that I love stories that have no bad guys so I'm glad that you felt that way (laughs) um but yeah, I think it's life, you know, people have different ways of seeing life in the world and parents want what's best for their kids. 
in what they feel is the best. They want their kids, especially, you know, immigrant parents, immigrant families want a better life for their children than they had and less struggle and more comfort. And, you know, for me, my dad always told me he wanted me to be a family doctor because that was like an easy, comfortable job mm-hmm. that um, Unlike made a good income. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't think it's like no one's trying to, no one has any ill intentions. It's all coming from love for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a really nice moment where Waverly says to her dad, like, how come you never call me? Like, I'm your child. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a very simple thing. And her first, her dad looks at her weird, like, that's a weird request. And then second, then, <laughs> yeah. then he says, like, you know, uh, you're a girl. Like, you should talk to the mom. Like, it's a gender thing. Like, for him, it was not a, it was a pretty case-closed thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a weird request. Yeah. That's something my dad said to me and that conversation I had with my dad. So it was just like a very illuminating moment uh, for me in my life because I didn't, I, it never occurred to me that that's how he would think, even though it made total sense when he said it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I think it, it, that moment um, is there to sort of, I guess, show us that people have different ways of thinking and it's not really about you like about how they feel about you you mm-hmm. know um and i think further understanding of how we all think brings us closer but it's also understanding how you love people and how you are loved as well right if you're yeah. allergic to chocolates and your boyfriend brings you like chocolates right like or peanuts or whatever it is and then it's like yeah he's doing the valentine's day thing he's supposed to be doing but it's not a good love if that (laughs) makes sense yeah yeah for sure for sure i think a huge um point uh with waverly is i want i hope that people can see that you know we also have to take a role in in our feelings of belonging. Um, It's not just about other people taking you in. It's also about you telling people what you want and how you want to be loved, Mm -hmm. you know, and giving them that opportunity to, to meet you. And in terms of meeting you, we can expand past Waverly and look into more of the cast because you also have Rami Amel. And he Mm -hmm. has also a complicated relationship and float with his sister right where they don't Mm -hmm. know how to love each other um yeah how is there a special technique to um i guess casting romance because rob is your your heartthrob right you're hung he doesn't have a shirt on for a lot of the movie uh (laughs) andrea bang is like your very cute special lady like is there a technique or something that you're looking for in terms of like casting a romantic movie like this Hmm, good question. Well, Robbie was attached to the project before I came along. Um, so we always had Robbie on board, which was a blessing. And we, when we were looking for Waverly, we just wanted somebody, you know, it wasn't really about um, romance. It was more about, you know, who fit this character. 
and who could yeah who who could like really make her feel real and and have I mean yeah we did have chemistry reads with Robbie mm-hmm. and make sure that they had a good good chemistry between them um but uh yeah aside from that it's really just for me I care about um characters feeling real and that the this relationship these people could exist in real life um so that's where where my focus was was your focus also on some of the intimate moments in terms of like uh there's scenes where like Robbie has his like he puts his hand on her back she sometimes she'll touch him on his arm like let the camera just linger for just a moment or two on these like touches and this intimacy and this connection and then you kind of move on to the next thing was that a conscious choice to kind of like zoom in and focus on like these intimate connections oh yeah definitely definitely we i think it's like important um i guess to show the those moments to establish the fabric of their lives the fabric of their relationship not necessarily just by you know lines and mm-hmm. and talk, how the way they talk to each other and what they say but also how they're interacting with each other how their bodies are next to each other you know and how they naturally move with each other so i wanted to to show those moments and like you know in the in the gondola when he like almost when she like sort of wobbly and he like is there to catch her, but he doesn't actually touch her. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think say so much about who they are as people and how they care for each other. And of course, one of the key scenes in terms of that touching and that connection is that Robbie's teaching Andrea how to swim, right? That's the main thing mm-hmm. of float. So that must've been a challenge to shoot like all those pool scenes and things like that. Like, was there any amusing or unexpected bloopers that happened, like shooting some of the the swimming scenes or like teaching her how to swim? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know. Um, we the pool, the pool was, of course, its own challenge, and we had a few days at the pool. And, you know, water is always moving around, so there's no like real stability, <laughs> you know. Um, water's a terrible actor yeah and like you the actors can't like they can stand on the mark yeah we can give them a mark but if they're not grounded like if they're not their feet aren't touching the ground they're gonna be moving around you know (laughs) so there's all kinds of little things about that but um but I mean in the ocean we shot in the ocean too and we had the camera on the surfboard and that scene was actually um they were in freezing cold water Mm. and we had like seaweed everywhere. And I think we did a good job to like steer clear from it. But like Robbie was like in the water, like (laughs) taking all the seaweed away. And it was pretty funny. He was a great trooper. He was like, no, I hate seaweed and I'm doing this for you. (laughs) It was really sweet. Um, but yeah, so definitely lots of funny moments and challenging moments as well. Float is not a rom-com, but it's a romantic movie for sure. And it's your feature film debut. So you've obviously directed like uh, TV episodes of like Run the Burbs, Kin Convenience, Murdoch Mysteries, lots of TV. 
But for your feature mm-hmm. film, was romance crucial? Like, in other words, if you'd been given an opportunity to make a Western or sci-fi movie, would you have taken it? Or were you always kind of seeking romance? No, I wasn't specifically seeking romance. But as you know, I've also done a lot of romance in my own personal work. And I am a romantic for sure at yeah. heart. And it felt like a good fit. For me, when I'm looking at projects, I'm always looking for a personal connection. And the story about belonging um, was something that I was really thinking about. And it, I felt just really aligned with what I cared about at the moment. Um, And yes, it's a love story, but it's also a story about, you know, taking responsibility for for your relationships and having the courage to be really honest about how you feel and sort of putting yourself out there in a way that um, people can really understand you and what you want and how you're feeling. And you're not just talking romantically. You're talking like in general as well, right? Like I mentioned the scene with like Waverly and she says to her dad, like, why don't you call me? Like she's taking initiative in the relationship, right? We're like, yeah. I want to be loved better by my own dad. Yeah, yeah. And I think we see a Waverly like at the beginning when she's like telling her aunt that, you know, she doesn't want to move off of her and her aunt kind of snaps back and say like, hey, don't put, don't put that on me. If you if you don't want to stay, you don't want to stay. But it's not because of me, you know. So taking responsibility for uh, your actions and um, not deciding for other people what they want. That's interesting because you mentioned like, you know, your dad wanted you to be a doctor. Uh, Waverly struggling with the same thing where like her parents have like already decided for her that it's good to be a doctor. Like... Was it hard for you in terms of like going in this direction and like I'm going to be a filmmaker where it's not a stable career? It's like the opportunities can be like uneven, to put it mildly. It, I don't think sometimes people understand like you're not just going against, you're not just defying your parents, but you're also going sometimes against cultural like imperatives. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's a bigger uphill climb than just like, no, I don't want to do what my dad says. Yeah, totally. And it, it is a challenge and it's a it's a continued conversation and also I guess education for my family. Mm-hmm. And you know, I still don't really think they fully understand <laughs> my life. Yeah. Um but it's you know, at the beginning of my career for a long time, they they thought I was they were like, When are you gonna get a real job? you know, mm-hmm. like um, and then until they saw that I was okay, you know, that I wasn't going to change my mind and that, you know, I could pay rent and <laughs> <laughs> feed yourself, that I was care of myself, yeah. you know, that they, they were like, oh, okay, I think this is working for her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of like paying rent, one of your upcoming jobs, or I guess you've already finished this job is you written with Robbie, uh, his latest mm-hmm. movie code eight part two. That's right. Yeah. That's why I was asking you before if, like, you were seeking romance. This is kind of a shift, right? To go from, like, yeah. romance and, like, I'll teach you how to swim, baby, to, like, uh, like sci-fi. <laughs> like, yeah. 
so are you and Robbie now friends after like float and code eight? Is that like, are you guys road tripping now and like hanging out? Like, oh my God. We I... have not gone on a road trip together, right. <laughs> although I'd be happy to. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to be able to work on both projects. Of course, they are completely different from each other. I really appreciate, you know, the filmmakers and the producers for seeing and recognizing that, you know, we as storytellers and artists are not one thing, mm -hmm. you know, we have a lot of different interests as people and we, our skills of storytelling, you know, applies to all, all sorts of stories. Um, and it's always a joy to be able to work with people that you already know. And of course you, build those relationships and you you continue to nurture them so yeah were you able to bring that same uh like focus and intimacy and connection that we talked about with float were you able to bring that as well to code eight even though it's a i hope so like yeah um... i hope so oh definitely i mean code eight um is it is such a grounded character driven story as well so i hope you'll see that and, mm -hmm. and as we're wrapping up, like for Float, is it sometimes difficult to like shoot a romantic movie because there's the danger of like falling into cliche? You know what I mean? There's been a lot of romantic movies and there's a lot of expectations that an audience has uh, for romance and for drama. Yeah. As you were making it, either like writing it or shooting it, were you conscious and aware of certain cliches you want to avoid or like you were just happy to kind of fulfill audience expectations? A hundred percent, I was aware of those things. Um, I grew up watching rom-coms and I wanted to tell a story that was grounded in reality. You know, I really wanted to stay away from any kind of, you know, someone saving somebody else or someone totally changing their lives for somebody else. And, you know, I fell in love on a trip and we ended up being together for five years. And I think that requires a lot of conversation, a lot of honesty about realistic life things, you know, like we all come with our baggage and the, the life that we live. And in any relationship, you have to find a way to coexist, you know, and come together. And I think with Blake and Waverly, they both have such you know, big things that they're dealing with. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want, you know, either one of them to save the other person. And I wanted them to take responsibility for their own problems and yes, like support and love each other, but ultimately you got to save yourself, you know? Last question. So did Robbie make Andrea a better swimmer at the end of float? Like after the shoot, <laughs> she's now like uh, a much improved swimmer now. Is he a good teacher? Well, you'll have to, you'll have, you'll have to ask him that, <laughs> but or ask her for that. Um, but it is funny. We did have um, swimming lessons for Andrea because um, she also part of reason why she's so great for the role is that she also had this experience of not really being super comfortable in the water. So. 
Um, we had her take swimming lessons. And so I do hope that the film helped her feel more comfortable in the water. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> so thank you so much for like hanging out. Uh, we covered romance. We covered Mexico. We covered float. Like we had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Nice to see you, Sammy. Yeah, it's been a while. We should like hang out after uh, you finish up all your press stuff for Float. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yo, that was writer and director Sharon Lee, and her romantic movie is called Float. It'll be out in limited release. I'm Sammy, host of My Summer Layer. I owe Sharon a high five. Thanks to her, I earned one of my IMDb credits. I was the music supervisor on her web series, Someone Not There. It too is all romantical. Two friends, yes, one male, one female, are in the friend zone. Oh no. But perhaps they're seeking parole. So Float, as her directorial debut, is remarkable. I'm floating on air. For float screening dates, go to mysummerlayer.com. Details are in the show notes. And bonus fun, you can sign up for My Pal Sammy, a weekly pop culture newsletter. Click on mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. And soon you'll see. I float a trial balloon with my unique perspective in every newsletter. Damn. That was probably the worst pun yet. I know you're not going to sign up now at mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. I ruined it. I know I did. Uh, that, that one's on me. That's my bad. <laughs> but, it, but it brings up this. Are puns a relationship deal breaker or are puns a relationship deal maker? You're still not going to sign up for the newsletter, are you? All right, whatever. That one, that, that's uh, tomorrow's a better day. Thank you so much for listening to me in the Netflix world. Float, yo.